Hello, everyone, and welcome to the best episode of Rebuilding Ever. My name is Missy, and this is my friend, Crimson. And we are here to celebrate the entering of Charles Booker unofficially with an exploratory committee into the 2022 (laughs) Senate race. Yes, it is happening. Last time we had an exploratory committee, it turned into a run. And I just want to note that for those that can't see us right now, Missy is glowing with excitement. And so uh, there's a long history of how Charles makes her buckle at the knees and just like look at him like a giddy child. And that is happening right now. I have been able to text him. (laughs) two days in a row and this has just made my entire week (laughs) it's funny how that works though and the fact that he responds to us yes (laughs) oh Uh, so for people that don't know i mean there might be people i don't know how the hell you don't know who charles booker is at this point but he ran in 2020 uh against amy mcgrath and mike boyer and well a whole bunch of people um but those were the main players in 2020 and he had a stride a little bit late and with all the different types of voting it was kind of early voting it kind of got in his way of his momentum um but he still showed a really strong presence oh yeah election results and i don't remember the numbers you i mean it was close between him and amy it was just i think it was like three percentage points off uh but she outspent him by like 40 million (laughs) dollars right if not more i mean he didn't really have any money coming in until the end and yeah Uh, like he really for anyone that's a business owner you know what it's like to scale a business it's not easy and he had to scale a campaign from I don't know probably $250,000 in your savings account to like $250,000 a day of fundraising so it was a crazy wild ride it was right when COVID hit which was sucked because it made it harder to like be part of the ride yeah Um, but all of us have been kind of sitting here waiting to see his next move and i think we just got a preview oh my gosh we're so excited well also while we were waiting he started an amazing nonprofit, hood of the holler in kentucky which we've talked about before on this podcast yep which uh you know they're they're trying to not I, well i don't want to say they're trying to do what stacy abrams did in georgia but they are what the kentucky bend you know we don't have the same population of black voters in kentucky uh but we need to have outreach to appalachia Right. No, I mean, basically in Kentucky, we have the urban rural divide. And in Georgia, they had the a racial divide. And Stacey Abrams put so much effort into that 30% people of color. And I think what we're seeing Charles do with Hood to Holler is putting so much effort into the rural communities of Eastern and Western Kentucky, um, and really connecting on socioeconomic factors that bleeds through race or any other factor when it comes down to it right absolutely and i love everything they do they also have an amazing shop with hoodies and i encourage you to buy one of those (laughs) they're cute (laughs) but basically if you've been listening to our podcast last few episodes uh you've heard us talk about the senate race uh get annoyed with how long it took and how drawn out it was uh be completely excited that it was over and we didn't have to deal with it anymore and then three weeks later we're like fuck yeah it's back well and it's so true and and i don't want to take away from the fact that it's so important that we still focus on the state house and other ways that you know our lives can be destroyed by republicans um so we can't (laughs) lose focus of that but in a way they're all intertwined right because if we have someone like charles booker on the ticket 
for Senate. That's going to bring in a lot of people. I actually clocked my time today. I spent two and a half hours fielding Facebook messages and emails about how to help Charles. That's awesome. And um, my answer to everyone was money, money, money until we're ready for boots on the ground, but be ready to lace up those boots because we're going to have a lot of work to do. Um, So money, 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 throw it to Charles as much as you've got. I threw him more money than I usually give candidates, especially (laughs) candidates that I fully expect to. Crimson gave him her child's birthday budget. Yes, I did. did. So Charles, if you're listening, just know that Atticus is uh, getting ripped off for his birthday and hopes to propel you forward. But I want those numbers to be big. I want him to come out like first day, big number, because we all know that the path to the DNC's heart is the money, money, money. So let's hope that we can get him support from the party too. Yeah, And how exciting is it that we have a, a Kentucky candidate that that we're that we are choosing and that that is not being shoved down our throat you know the, the what is it the DSCC they are not going to uh they're not dictating his strategy they are not telling him what to do um you know this is this is truly him well and i think to to that point though i don't think you could do that to charles and i think that's what makes his candidacy so exciting is that i don't think he is getting in this to play politics the way it's been played before like he is uprooting it and i've I've had concerns like there's a lot of time part of me is like well run for a state office first that you know you can definitely win and do it in 2023 so we can keep andy in office and like just like the big picture macro picture of like politics i i could see him doing he would be a great auditor anything (laughs) honestly because he would pull in so many votes for for the whole state for state house members for you know, there's a lot of things you could do, but by running in 2022, I think he's going to help our state house. If he would have ran for a statewide race that wasn't federal, I think he could have helped Andy out. But regardless, that's not his job. His job is to do what he's passionate about and what he thinks he can be most effective at. And obviously that is destroying Rand Paul, which I am all about. First of all, Rand Paul shouldn't even be on this stage. He's number 11. He's got 1% in the polls. And how he got up here, there's far too many people. So we are going to talk about his announcement uh, this week. Uh, We're going to go over some potential uh, competitors in the primary with him. Uh, But it all, at the end of the day, the state house is still what matters. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And Charles, like, like Crimson was saying, he's a, you know, he's one of the few people that'll bring new voters to the table to enhance our state house candidates. So yep. if he does get through the primary to the general, like this is huge for Democrats. This would be amazing. You know, even if he doesn't beat Rand Paul, it means right. that we're, we might have more state house seats all over the fucking state. And that's what it's all about. Well, I mean, that's what, it, when we compare it to Stacey Abrams, I mean, Stacey Abrams didn't put eight years into her nonprofit work of like building her army. Um, so she had that advantage before she ran, but she didn't win. And two years later, what happened? Georgia flipped blue. So it just goes to show that, you know, no effort is is useless. I mean, this is beneficial win or no area. Like we have nothing to lose, only something to gain. And what I always say is there's nothing scarier in this world than people that ain't got shit to lose. Fuck yeah. And if we can grab people off the sidelines and get them involved with the process while we're doing it, how exciting is that? Like he, he gets people in the game that don't give a fuck about party politics. 
Yeah, and and I think that's part of what we need right now. We talk about how divided we are as a nation from left to right. We need people, and yes, on policy, he is extremely progressive. There's no doubt to that. But this is another thing that people don't grasp about politics. You've got to look at the macro level. It's not like Charles, one progressive going to Senate, is going to like uproot anything, given Joe Manchin will be there to fucking smack him down, right? Like <laughs> having one person that has good ideas that are more progressive is not going to uproot the whole system. It's not that scary. Um, it's actually really refreshing because he does bridge the gap on a lot of those partisan issues. We're so excited. We're so excited. I'm sorry. I can't stop smiling to start talking again. I'm so excited. And I just can't hide. I know. It's, 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 it's been hard. Like, I've been waiting for it and I didn't know if it would happen. And then it happened and I was conflicted. So I'm like, what if he doesn't win? And I'm like, fuck it. We're going to expand the electoral base that we have in Kentucky. We're going to pull people off the sidelines. We're going to get them pumped up. And, and I guess this is where we should talk about other potential contenders, because the next thing I was going to say is I truly believe that this will not, I think this is going to mirror 2019 more than 2020 in terms yes. of dividing the party. Like I do not see this as it, a, a divisive primary no matter who the other candidate is and, and i think the other candidate's going to be rocky uh, i mean rocky I, that's yeah yeah and that's where it becomes really conflicting because like if you look at the data of the past elections rocky could potentially win i mean he really pulls a lot from the east and the west and mm-hmm. he he embodies that that Kentucky dude, you know, like there's a lot of people that relate to Rocky Adkins. And if he won, I would not be disappointed. Rocky has proven to be an amazing human being. And he is a team player. Like after he ran with Andy against Andy, the minute Andy won, he stood by his side and he's been working his ass off for Andy since then. So, I mean, if it is Rocky, if Charles wins, I expect that Rocky would do exactly what he did with Andy. Yeah. I, I hope that it just, I hope that it's not a nasty primary. I really expect the best out of both of them. I personally, yes. like everyone knows I'm a little obsessed with Charles. Um, I also, I love Rocky. Every time I, I know. I out, yeah. I've always had a great interaction with him. He's a great guy to talk to. He's fucking cool as hell. Yeah. No. And, and, and again, like he is, he's just so Kentucky to me. Like it's a girl from LA. I mean, I've been here for 20 years, so there's only so long to say I'm from LA, but I mean, when I met him, I was unsure because he is more moderate in his policy stances and he met me a couple times and I would go to Frankfurt and be walking down the hall and I'd, Hey, here, Hey Crimson, how are you doing? It's like, how do you remember me? Like he remembers my husband's name. He like, I mean, he, and it's genuine. It's not like that political bullshit that you usually get. He, I mean, he's just a great human being. And that's why I think if Charles did beat him in the primary, he would be just as excited as us for Charles. Yeah. I mean, they were colleagues for one point. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the difference. And I think, you know, when we look at the 2020 election, part of Amy's problem is she hadn't built that army of supporters that was organic from just knowing her from the state. Like I had never seen her or heard of her until 2018. And but Rocky and Charles have had to work together. Like they have a relationship. It's, It's very much like the Joe Biden situation of like, 
he's older and maybe the old white dude that progressives didn't want, but he's turned out to be a great fit at the moment because he yeah. has that relationship building that he's done over the 40 years. And Rocky would yeah. be very similar to that. And they both expand the electorate in their own way. You know, as you said, Rocky is more moderate. Uh, when he was a state representative, he did uh, voice, uh, he did vote pro-life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was the way that his district was. And he was very upfront about representing his district. Um, as a senator, I'm not quite sure which way he would lean. But, you know, if he if he ran as a pro-life senator, that might, it fucking sucks, but that might be what it takes to get a Democrat elected in Kentucky at a statewide, at a federal level. Right, right. And, and I think that the same would have been true for Amy, but Rocky, again, just has built so much trust among Kentuckians and has been so out front and has been so important in the pandemic and the Mm -hmm. current administration. And Rocky's authentic. Amy is a Republican dressed as a Democrat pretending to be a Republican. You know, you could tell from the jump that someone else is running her campaign. You could barely believe that the things that she said she believed. You weren't really sure like where she actually stood on things. Like you might not agree with Rocky, but it's him fucking talking. Right. I mean, we've, we've, this has been the constant theme of the podcast, right? We need authentic yeah. leadership. And if it's Rocky and Booker that we're about to see go up against each other in the primary, you don't, you can't find two, well, you can find some more authentic people, but that are not busy working in other jobs yeah. <laughs> uh, that, uh, could run a a respectable race with an authentic, genuine human being that wants to make Kentucky better and wants to put us on the map for the right things and not for the right wrong things. So everyone listening, when we get to the primary, do not destroy each other. We're going to need each other afterwards. Yes. And I mean, I I guess we don't know who it'll be. So what happens though, Missy, if Amy comes back? So we there there have been people talking that Amy's thinking about running again. I do not believe it's true at all. I think it's like when I, people said Hillary Clinton was going to run in 2020. Yeah, you don't lose to Donald Trump and then run again. And you don't lose to Mitch McConnell at epic levels. Like, yes. lose worse than anyone ever in 36 years and then come back and run again. But if anyone's interested in, you know, just flushing their money down a toilet again, I'm sure you can send it to her somehow. Actually, I got an email from her today. Um, she has started a sedition or she wants to start a sedition caucus. And so she asked me for money to help, you know, lobby. So she's doing something. Um, I think she got a board appointment, but I don't see her running again. I think, I think she's done. You know, we've, we've talked about if Charles loses this race, would he run again in 2023? And the point that people bring up is there's only so many, you know, large, large ticket races that you can lose at. Yeah, no, it's an unfortunate reality. And he already lost the state Senate race. So he's already, you know, he's lost two. Yeah. (laughs) But although I would say that he won in 2020. I mean, granted, he lost the race, but he has has nationwide name recognition at this point. Yeah, I mean, he has a lot more political equity to expel at this point, right? Like, he is a totally different person than he was when he ran for state senate and was, like, an absolute nobody. So it's not apples to apples. Um, But it will be hard if he loses this one to find footing again because, I mean, he went after both senators. (laughs) That's a hard (laughs) one. But then it's hard to say that that should handicap him in any way in the sense that, like... Who can win 
against these people. We've had yeah. federal Republican federal representatives the whole time I've been here. I don't, I mean, it was Jim Bunning when I moved here and Mitch McConnell and now it's Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul. It hasn't changed much. Yeah. And there's like different levels of, uh, of, of how we move the goalposts. You know, if he comes within a few points, that means that he's driving different, you know, like we talked about other Democrats, the, to the ballot box. Right. And that only helps in 2023 to yeah. secure Andy Bashir's gubernatorial race so we are down to 25 versus 75 uh in the state house so <laughs> if he can help us improve on those numbers greatly uh it's a win for everybody yeah and i i i really think having him on the ticket would i re- i really feel that way like i just think that people are going to come out of the woodwork and be like i'm not even really into politics but this guy yeah now this i'm interested in and, him and that's Rocky, exactly what we need both of them were in the state house i feel like both of them would would drive people to focus on their local reps yeah, and it may be different people that they would drive, but that's why primaries can be good and we need to not be divisive after them because, you know, if Rocky gets his base all rallied up and then he throws his support behind Booker, then we we have that more moderate side of our party. And if Booker loses and he throws his support behind Rocky, we have all of the people he's brought off the bench that may have not been voters before, Democrats before, that will support Rocky. And so it's only a win-win for us. Now, Absolutely. It could we could be talking about Rocky and Booker and then it'd be like some shitty candidate and Booker. Um, but I... I I don't There's know. There's going to at least else. be two or three other shitty candidates. Well, I mean, like the name, I think 11 people ran in the primary with Amy and Charles and Mike, right? Yeah. Like, I think there's, yeah, who who knows? Um, I remember getting no, no, Miller's like, for, well, I, I didn't get Miller's for some of them because I was a registered Republican, but the the condo that I'm running is is owned by a Democrat and I would get Miller's for other people in the Senate race. I'm like, how did you get so much money you could send this? Right. <laughs> Did mom pay for this? Yeah. Um, that, that would be my, oh my son. God. You rated your kid's college tuition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, everyone has the right to run. Um, but, you know, there there's a way that this works. You do the work. You set the example. You show people what you're capable of. You build your army. You are authentic. You're genuine. And it comes from the right place. And if it's Rocky and Booker, we have that in both candidates, for sure. It's just there's something about Charles that is infectious in a way. Like he is just, I, I, I mean, he's an angel. I, yeah. The, I mean, I had no idea who he was at all. And I went to some Kentucky democratic party meeting and he was on a panel and I just stared at him like, Holy shit. We have this kind of talent in Kentucky. Like, was it like 2018? That was, yeah, it was probably 2018. It was like right when I started getting into the county level stuff. Um, and I remember saying to him, like, you better run for a statewide office. And here we are. He's run for one already. And now he's going for another. But you can't like bottle that charisma and give it to someone else. And we need it. Yeah. Like it's authenticity and charisma. You got to be likable. And I mean, that's part of the reason why I'm so like, if I hear one person say, can a black person win in Kentucky? I'm going to freak the fuck out because oh <laughs> nobody say that. <laughs> yes. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy and it's racist as fuck. It's racist as fuck. And not only that, but like if you interact with Charles Booker or watch his commercials or see him speak or watch, you know, old floor speeches 
if what you see is a black dude, like you need to check yourself because I mean, I'm not saying I don't see color. Right. I see a black dude, but I see like a charismatic, awesome, super intelligent, super committed, super authentic, real human that understands the day-to-day struggles of real people. Like Mm -hmm. it was, he is the complete opposite of like the elitism that Democrats can sometimes hold, you know? Yeah. He can connect to anybody on that economic, uh, economic level. He can talk about living paycheck to paycheck. He understands the struggles that I personally go through every week. right no i mean he he absolutely gets it and a lot you know when we talked to rachel on uh representative motherfucking robert wait colonel representative colonel motherfucking roberts um right you know she brought up the point that a lot of times you write bills in hopes that somebody will eventually pass them and the insulin bill is one of those bills that was you know, kind of was the inception was during Charles Booker's time in the state house and yep. it got passed in the last session. It's one of the few good bills that we got. Yeah, he <laughs> so, also uh, helped Andy Bashir get the, uh, when he restored all the voting rights. Yeah, that's true. He was a big part of that. And then of course we can't skip over the Breonna Taylor. Arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. He's been a huge yes. advocate for her and her family, and he has really helped that community. And when I say that community, I mean Louisville specifically, but obviously her death has impacted the, the nation. Yeah. But he really has been a leader in his community and helping people with the trauma that that caused that community. And so, again, it goes back to he's just a real dude. It's a real yeah. human that gets the day-to-day problems. And if people really think Democrats are these coastal elitists, then open your eyes to Charles Booker and see he is not a coastal elitist. He's not out drinking martinis with Nancy Pelosi. He doesn't even drink. Yeah, he doesn't drink. (laughs) I think, I mean, he's like a true straight edger, if I recall. Um, Probably listens to emo and like thrashes alone in the basement. Yeah, right. He's like the type that's like probably (laughs) building like the coolest fort ever for his daughters to like play in and his 15 minute break between a whole bunch of obligations. Like stepping on Legos. Yeah. (laughs) I bet he is stepping on Legos. But he he's one of us. He's he is an average Kentuckian um, that has struggled with so many things that go so far beyond race, which is why I really hope race has not become the topic of this campaign because it should be socioeconomic community. Like he gets it. Yeah. I definitely hope that he focuses on that. Nobody say black people can't win in Kentucky because what you're saying is black people shouldn't run in Kentucky. And if there's a black candidate, you're wasting your time if you give money to them or volunteering for them. And that's a fucked up message to spend to send. Well, and it's saying that, it's almost like when we talked about the cop bill like by putting a bill on the floor saying that you can't challenge a police officer oh yeah like say that they're like a a snowflake that can't handle handle it it. by saying a black person can't run you're saying that they aren't capable of running a good race and winning we know in politics daniel cameron's our ag 
Yes, it doesn't. It's not about race. It's about your message. It's about your mm-hmm. authenticity. It's about it's about money, unfortunately, yeah. which is why, again, pump money into his campaign. So he has big yeah. numbers. Um, but it he can break through something as superficial as the color of his skin by connecting with people on the issues that really impact our lives. Yeah. Now, on the flip side, uh, you know, after Rocky announces which will happen. <laughs> I really hope that he is able to connect with black voters and really take on that message of black lives matter. Because, yes. you know, if let's, let's say, God forbid, Charles does lose in the primary and it's Rocky as the candidate. Um, Amy was not able to bring on a lot of Charles's people. You know, they may yeah. have voted for her, but they did. They stopped canvassing. They stopped volunteering. The energy was gone. Yeah. And it really I, sucked the air yeah. out of the room. And uh, there were a lot of people higher up uh, in KDP and their partners who have been constantly criticizing Charles for not pushing these supporters on Amy, which I hate to say it, but it, like, it's kind of fucking racist. You know, like that Louisville went through this giant tragedy. Uh, you know, his, his popularity rose as he was comforting his community. He got mm-hmm. people out of their houses who were dealing with tragedy to support him because he said, I see you. And then they mm-hmm. expected him to hand off these people to a candidate that that was not reaching back out to them. Well, and again, this goes back to the police officer yeah. <laughs> scenario of like, can we like expect voters to be a little bit more independent in their thought? Like, I'm sorry. Like, if you pick a candidate and you like them, there's nothing that's going to change someone's mind if they don't like the opposing candidate, right? Like... I am, I am a, as I've said a hundred times, I'm a proud Democrat. I am, I will claim it. I will fucking tat. No, I won't get a tattoo. I'm too whim for that. But I'll temporary tattoo it to my forehead often. Um, I will always vote Democrat unless it's like Anthony Weiner. But like, luckily, Democrats kick people like that out of the party. So I will always vote Democrat. And I voted for Amy McGrath. I I don't have shame for that, but it wasn't an enthusiastic vote. It was yeah. like, uh, well, here we go again. And there's been many times I've had to do that with the people that compete up against Mitch McConnell because we always run this same playbook of like being a Republican light. And I, 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 I don't think Rocky would run that way. I think Rocky, his framing, if he does run, and Rocky, this is free advice, not that you need advice, you're really smart, but he needs to run as that genuine Kentucky guy, right? Like yeah. that, that needs to be his framing, not like, Oh, I'm a moderate kind of a Republican. He needs to stay. We need to be proud Democrats, you know, and, and actually the democratic party is restructuring in Kentucky right now. And on Saturday we had our precinct conven- convention virtually, of course, and our new chair Eldridge um, said, something that I really hope we stay true to, which is the Democratic Party needs to stop shying away from being Democrats. Like, we need to put it out there. And I really hope that that is kind of the framing we'll see around a candidacy like Rockies of, like, I'm a proud Democrat. Look at everything I've accomplished in my, what, 40 years, 30 years? He doesn't seem old enough for 40 years. But, and... 20 plus years of experience right that rocky has had he was a majority leader when we had the majority he's responsible for a lot of the progress that kentucky made before republicans took over and so i hope that 
he really helps beef up the Democratic brand, while Charles really helps to beef up the people that have been disenfranchised and feeling like nobody's yeah. speaking to them. And I think if you merge those two powers oh together, we could regardless, yeah, we could be unstoppable. But it has and- either campaign has to be run perfectly. Like we can't have any fuck ups. We can't have people that are Democrats and higher up attacking Charles for not supporting Amy, which is fucking bullshit. We can't have people attacking Rocky. I mean, you can definitely debate policy, do it all fucking day. You know, a a strong primary makes the other candidate better. Yeah. And we needed to have those conversations. We don't live in a monolithic society. Like there's diverse opinions. Yeah. I mean, I voted for for Amy McGrath, but like I didn't go to any of her events. I didn't help out. And if she would have just been a more authentic candidate, like she would have had more boots on the ground. I helped as much as I could. And I met with her and I tried, but I, my voice was not heard. Um, yeah. And, and that's fine because they have their own strategy. I'm not like criticizing. I'm, I'm a nobody. I don't I'm happy to criticize. To it, it's like <laughs> nobody in Kentucky's voice was heard though. Like the campaign was run, run the, was run by the DSCC. Yeah, it did feel very unattached from us as people. And then I would meet with Amy and feel like, oh, she's like listening yeah. and and then nothing, like there was no pivots or changes. And yeah. again, I'm not expecting like you meet with the Campbell County person and you're going to like change your whole campaign. But it was sometimes felt like a waste of time because there was nothing I could do to make any impact or any pivots. Um that I knew were going to be damaging to her campaign as I knew what they were doing. Yeah. I felt like they just wanted me to share things to make people that weren't on board to feel okay with liking her. Yeah. And, I can see why you think that. And like, as a candidate, know. I liked her. Like, I mean, not as a candidate, as a person, I liked person, her. Yeah. Like Amy seemed like a very great person. She was very nice, very kind, very sweet. Um, but she didn't connect with a lot of minority voters. And I felt like they just wanted me to get on board with that to let people know that it was, that she was, was okay. okay. Right. And I didn't feel comfortable with that. You know, like if I was a, a queer, like, like luckily, you know, queer rights have improved a lot in the last 20 years. But if I was happening to run door in a, a really traumatic queer event, like similar to the Breonna Taylor situation, and I got a lot of queers off the sideline that weren't normally involved in politics and I lost my race and I was expected to hand these people off to a candidate that wasn't necessarily, right. you know, talking about queer politics or saying that queer lives matter. Um, I would be really hesitant for that. And the fact yeah. that, like, I don't know, they wanted, like, Charles just to, like, hand these people over. And it just, I don't know, it was very uneasy. Yeah, and and people were Democrats. Yeah. It's like herding cats. I'm sorry. And There's a lot no... of them are, like, a lot of them identify as independents. You know, they might be, like, Bernie yeah. people. And it's just, like, you can't the world just flip... with, like, issues. No, we can't, we can't just flip people's switch. Like, yeah. Charles is amazing. He makes us both glow and radiate positivity and joy. He is incredible. Charles, if you're listening, I love you. I think he knows, Missy. (laughs) (laughs) I love you too, Charles. Um, (laughs) But I think that this idea that somehow, as much as I respect Charles, if he came to me tomorrow and was like, you really, really should consider liking, like supporting us getting anthony weeder back in congress i would tell him fuck off like i'm not interested right like i'm allowed to have my own opinions and i'm allowed to like charles and respect his opinion but it doesn't mean i'm gonna follow him blindly and let's be honest if democrats did that we would fucking win 
Like, but we don't do that. Yeah. We're, we're, we do our own thing and we do it the way we want to do it. And unfortunately that means Charles couldn't have swung the voters to Amy. He couldn't have, and we had COVID. It's not like he would have done joint events. We weren't doing big campaign events. We weren't doing things that would even enable that to be an organic feeling thing, right? Like what yeah. was he supposed to do? Like start tweeting like, hey, I lost guys, but Amy's cool. She's a Marine and a mom. Like what the yeah. fuck was he supposed to do? Like I, I, I've heard that leveled against them so many times. And I, every time I'm like, give me an example of what he could have done. And no one has the answer to he that He held question. multiple town halls. He created a nonprofit designed around registering new voters and pushing them towards Democrats. Right. You know, he trained field organizers. Like, mm-hmm. just because he wasn't retweeting everything that she did, like the KDP, uh, does not mean, sorry for the reference, Crimson, uh, does not mean <laughs> that he didn't support her. You know, he did, he maybe could have done more, but she, she didn't deserve it. He had a very, like, he had people that loved him and trusted him and came out of their their community to, like, put faith in him. And well, Amy wasn't reaching that, those people. That's exactly the point, right? You just hit the nail on the head. If you want to run for office, especially this large of an office, you have to be able to connect with people and you have to inspire them. And if you can't do that, that's no one else's fault but your own. And that doesn't make you a horrible person. It doesn't, you know, like to your point, I like Amy as a human. I think yeah. she's a good human. I'd like to get um, drunk with Amy. You would not go get drunk with Amy. I would love to get drunk with Amy. You Actually, know, her, like, you would. Amy would, not, <laughs> Amy, Amy would not. Amy would not want to get drunk with me. <laughs> no, she would not. Um, but I mean, I think that. it's really unfortunate because by being critical of any candidate, I feel bad because when you put yourself out there, it's a lot. Right. And that loss probably hurt her a lot emotionally and like for her own self being. And I, I feel for her on that. Like if I had to wake up and hear that I was more disliked than Mitch McConnell, I don't know how I would react to that because he is like the most vile human. Well, she wasn't even, I don't even believe that she was more disliked than him. Like I believe people that voted for him fucking hate him. They're just so scared of Democrats because they don't, they're not connecting with Democrats. Right. Well, they don't come off as authentic. And so it's, it's a lot easier to say Nancy Pelosi has you, as her little puppet and she's like a puppet master when you don't get that genuine authentic feel for someone when you have someone like rocky or booker i'm sorry nancy ain't gonna pull any weight against those guys they're confident they're authentic they know kentucky they know what kentucky wants they're gonna fight for kentucky they're gonna do what kentucky needs and at the end of the day, like it's a lot harder to level that typical socialist bullshit, AOC, all of that against yeah. candidates that are extremely genuine and you're hearing from them directly. And I think that was something that was easy to level against Amy because no one really understood where she stood on issues and where she stood on Paul. You know, like there was a point at which she said something like, Democrats are the reason we have FMLA. Democrats are the reason. And I'm thinking in my head, but you didn't register as a Democrat until 20 years after that bill was passed. And so it was like hard for even me to take it as genuine, like her love for Democrats, because she was an independent. Like, 
to me, if, if, if someone passes FMLA that allows you to get 12 weeks off of work after you have a baby, when we lived in a world where you got no time off of work, having a baby, if you were an independent, then you'd go sign up to be a Democrat to support the party that just made your life better. And so it was always hard for me to like hear her tell democratic successes of the past when she had only been a registered Democrat for a few years. And that's part of the reason she came off as really inauthentic. Yeah. It was just wishy-washy. It just, I I just never got it. So I would have rather heard about the shit that pissed her off that made her become a Democrat. Right. No, I think that would have been a much better narrative for her of, you know, I always was independent because I was in the army and I didn't really want to take a side. And I saw myself more as like, a servant of the na- the country, not a servant of a party. There's so many ways to mitigate that, but none of that was yeah. said. I mean, Andy's just a servant of God and we all accept it because he's authentic as fuck. Yes, exactly. Like, that's a great example. Andy Bashir. Andy Bashir. <laughs> Andy like, Mr. Rogers Bashir. Yes, exactly he is authentic. He is. Yes, you get what you see. And that is part of the reason he won. Like we yes. need those people to run for office and we're getting them. Thank God we're yes. finally getting them because for people like us, our job is to support the democratic nominee. Our job is to fight for them. Our job is to work for them. Our job is to promote them. And we're going to have be that Rocky enters the race or if it's just Charles, and there's no primary regardless I think we're going to have that this time. Absolutely. So just like we asked you last episode, uh, if you have a Democratic rep in your area, especially at the state house, fucking retweet them, follow them, give them a little bit of social media love. We need to boost these people's name recognition before 2022. Yep. Uh, we got to build our bench. If you got to, if, if you don't follow Rachel Roberts, uh, who else? We got Josie Raymond, Attica Raymond. Scott. You know, share their shit, man. Stevenson, she's yes. a badass, man. I don't know if you saw her floor oh, speech. Yes. It was so inspiring. Oh, all the Stevensons are great. Yeah. Are they really related? <laughs> Pamela Stevenson and Sherman Stevenson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's God. like a. No, uh, but it's just funny that we have two of them. Colonel Stevenson, like, lights my world on fire, man. She's fucking fantastic. Which one? Uh, Colonel Pamela. Yes, I have not met her, and she, I yeah. hope to do so. She, she spoke to our new leaders council class, and we it's been like two months, and we haven't stopped talking about her. That is hilarious. She's fantastic. We'll have her on and, here. Well, and to be clear, she took Charles a seat, right? Yeah, she did. Yeah, so we, yeah, when Charles decided to run against uh, Amy in the primary, I was like, but you're housey, and he assured me it would be safe. Oh, yeah. and it was safe she's and fantastic. we got a badass. Like, Even if he really didn't lucky. run against Amy and she primaried him, she probably would have taken his seat. She's he gets awesome. whatever the fuck she wants. She's fantastic. Yeah, she is. Yeah. And that just emboldens we got to get Democrats in the state house. We have a lot of really great Democrats yeah. that are hard to pull off the bench because we can't win the fucking seats, you yes. know, and watching many of them, uh, Craig Miller, there's, there's so many that I can mention that ran that didn't win in the last cycle that were great candidates. And let's just hope that they continue to push because sometimes it takes more than once yeah and we need to build up people's name recognition we need to get more dems in the senate eventually uh i love maureen mcgarvey but i'm tired of looking at him he looks like the poor man's joker you know we need to get more <laughs> folks in there that's true poor morgan how, never many, gonna be state, on here. <laughs> how many state senators are do we have six 
I was about to say that is it like five or six? Uh yeah, so Morgan has to show his face a lot. So it looks like we have yeah. It's my grandson. Oh, it's so sad. But that's why all of this matters, right? And so can't we... even have a proper circle jerk. <laughs> Let's see. That's a good one. But uh, <laughs> do we have women in the Senate? Why don't I know this? What because women? there's so few of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I think like the represent House of Reps, like we have. The state house has a lot of women, right? Like, yeah, it's majority like, women. It's like eighteen out of twenty-five. Caucus. I feel like the whole Democratic caucus are these badass women. Um, and then, to your point, when I think of our state senate, I just picture Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> like I just <laughs> I don't even know who the other ones are. That's really sad. Yeah, it would take me seven minutes to look it up on my phone because it's really hard to find state house information about Kentucky yeah, or uh, Senate is. information. But it's exciting. It's exciting times in Kentucky. I think we can all agree that this is. I mean, like I said, today was like two and a half hours of just text and messages and how can I help and what are we doing to help him and how are we going to do? You know, it, people are just like. And with the reorg, prior to him announcing, a lot of people were like, I want to get involved because I think Charles Booker's going to run and I want to be on the ground. Like, I want to be part of this. And so, again, win or lose, he started a movement. He's encouraged yep. people and engaged people and inspired people. And on a personal level, I hope he's really proud of himself and he pats himself on the back often because that is not something everyone can say. People love the fuck out of them. I have an army of people here in Covington that make less than $40,000 a year that are excited to donate their time for free for him. Yes. And I, I think we're going to see a lot of that. Um, at least I hope, because if people think we can win without it, um, they're crazy. It's going to yeah. be, I mean, even with the most charismatic, intelligent, wonderful human we're up against a party that will rain as many millions of dollars needed to destroy him i mean they're going to be like photoshopping oh, yeah. you know like cosmopolitans in his hand with him like <laughs> sitting with nancy pelosi but again hopefully it's unbelievable because all you have to do is see the guy speak and you know He's not hanging out with Nancy Pelosi sipping martinis. Yeah. It's just it's just not who he is. It really doesn't matter who the fuck gets the nomination. They're gonna label them the most progressive person in Kentucky. So why don't we just, you know, vote for the most, the progressive, most progressive person in Kentucky? <laughs> I've always said that. Like we're really good at testing the like Republican light model and we lose. So can we like at least like one time try to lose as progressive? Yeah, like let's that just give would it a be shot. cool. Yeah, because, I mean, we have progressive people in the state house that didn't shy away from being Democrats, that were progressive, and they still won because, again, authenticity. Authenticity. And it's so surprising that it's women because women typically come off as more authentic. Sorry, dudes. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just harder for dudes because I think Penises. It, it just, yeah, the penis gets in the way. <laughs> Or maybe it's the, like, dress code. Like, what I would love to see in male politics is what we're seeing in women politics, which is stop wearing suits. Like, I'm so, like, we gotta, like, up our clothes game. Like, I need more diversity in clothes. What is he, chunky sweaters? 
Yeah, like some sweaters, some, I don't know, some skinny jeans, like, like go hipster sometimes, like skinny jeans, man buns. I mean, because women mix it up. That's fair. It, like it, cur <laughs> Representative Colonel motherfucking Roberts, like she's got her style game down and it's not some pantsuit. Well, she she wears men she wears suits like suit suits not like Hillary Clinton suits yeah and she fucking slays it yeah she does but she also can throw on a pair of jeans and like a cute like jacket and you know look professional I wondered if we were able to go a week without talking about Rachel I'm glad that we're not yeah is that ever accomplishable let we we should try to we should track it. <laughs> We should like tally every time we bring up our love for Rachel or Charles. I can't go a day without texting her. So I don't think it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> but she's so lovable. Uh, yeah. So exciting times in Kentucky. We yes. have great. Let's see who else comes out. I, it sounds like we're both gunning for Rocky and hoping that he's the other candidate and yeah strong you know, primaries make strong candidates i'm excited they do they do and it would be awesome if we have two candidates we love i mean it makes it more conflicting than the ballot box but like i want two people or more that i genuinely like trust and believe in and will lace up them boots and fight my ass off for and if it's rocky and booker I, I, it's a win-win for me. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you next week. And send money to Charles Booker. Send money to Charles and get ready to go to work. Oh.